Hooper now offloads. Oh, so close, still short. Blaubanga. There he is! He's over! Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited to be inviting the legend himself, Sean Maloney, onto the podcast. If you don't know him, I don't know how you're even listening to this podcast in the first place. Uh, he is rugby to the core, has been involved in rugby from his experience in Shoot Shield, played a little bit overseas in Italy as well, has been commentating with Fox Sports since 2012, and kind of most recently also commentated the J- Japan World Cup in 2019. Sean, welcome to the pod. I've just got to apologise straight off the bat for the fact that I can't, like, we can't communicate via Zoom with my face. I, I appreciate <laughs> there's dramas around that. So I want to apologise to you for that. I've been stitched up with a, a belated April 1st uh, falls with a bad fielder. So I don't want to put you through it, but I'm very excited to be on deck with you guys. Really nice to be here. Thanks, mate. We won't give any details out to the audience except to say that his <laughs> what eyes was were that popping filter? and his lips were luscious. Luscious. That's all we'll say. It was, it, was, it was a strong set of lips, wasn't it? <laughs> that it was, mate. That it was. So, uh, Sean, how's your day been? What's a typical Tuesday look like for you yeah, in the world? Uh, look, Tuesdays are sort of the day that we all get together in at nine in at North Sydney and sort of collaborate around what's coming for the week ahead and uh, things we could have uh, perhaps done differently across the weekend broadcast as well. So uh, that's Tuesdays, guys. We're always in there. I mean, and that's the whole crew uh, bouncing ideas off each other, bouncing story ideas for Rugby Heaven, bouncing story ideas for pre and post game, working out ways we can fine tune the broadcast and, uh, and just make little tweaks along the way. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. There's some really talented people in that group. And how is um how's the whole rugby heaven situation going at the moment? There was a bit of a, a bump last week in terms of the the broadcast not able to get out on air on time. How was things looking for this week? Uh, yeah, it's up and running, Mitchy. It's 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 all good to go. We've we've been forced into a studio relocation. Uh, okay. Back of some of the um, issues, the internet issues that yeah. mine were faced with last week. So that's that's knocked things around a little bit on that front, but uh, hopefully back to normal from weeks, uh, in the weeks ahead, in there at nine. And uh, for the meantime, we'll make do. So she's up and running, mate. You can get your eyes around it. As we go to air, as we're, we're chatting now, it's probably going to air for everyone else to, to watch. We'll have to watch it uh, a little bit later on, though. But... um. Great to hear. So if we um if we go back to where it all began for you, Sean, um, you, when you were a wee lad, uh, did you think you'd ever end up in sort of the sports broadcasting side of things? Or were you thinking more around representing the Wallabies one day? That's, that's such a good question, Mitch. Like I'd always dreamed, I'd set myself uh, <laughs> in the end unrealistically the dream of playing for the Wallabies at the, uh, oh, my God, at the 03 World Cup. <laughs> Uh, and, and I was lucky enough to go through with a bunch of really, really talented players like Georgie Smith and then the school's, the school's vintage that I went through. I left in 97 was insane. Like if you go back and look at it, pretty much I played Aussie schools in 97, 98 and pretty much went on to play uh, either 
state footy or with the Wallabies as well. So I was lucky enough to do that. So that fueled that dream. I had the fallback there of if I can't make it to the World Cup as a player, then uh, commentating or presenting it would be the next best thing. So lucky enough to hit that last year, as Ando touched on in the prelude to in Japan. So, yeah, that that was the plan and it sort of came about in a roundabout way. That's pretty exciting, mate. And I mean, we are really, really enjoying the coverage that yourself and Swaney are bringing to the commentating. But if we just continue with kind of the beginnings of you as a commentator, obviously you've got to this point now where you're one of the main callers for the Super Rugby AU. You've done a 2019 World Cup. Uh, Where was your first break in commentating? Good question. Uh, I'd spin it back to... 2011 it was, it was when the Reds were on that massive tear and I was in at Fox working as a producer and doing little bits and pieces, little yarns here and there and uh, started, I spent probably a full year practice calling games. So I'd drag anyone and everyone I could into a studio and then I'd get feedback from my EP who at the time was really encouraging, a guy named Simon G. He was super uh, supportive and he'd give me feedback and tweaks here and there. And eventually he gave me my first shot after, a f- like, no joke, guys, like I buried myself in uh, detail and tried to sponge off Clarkie as well and then got the shot to call that first game, which was Brumby's Cheaters down at Canberra Stadium. It was an afternoon game. And from memory, Christian Liliofano nailed a penalty goal on full time to win the match. So it was a really, really fun way to get things rolling. And then, uh, yeah, now we're doing it all again almost a decade later with Stan. And um, if we look to the future, you just we mentioned previously you uh, you called the final for the Rugby World Cup in 2019, broadcast around the world. So first of all, congratulations on that. It was great to have some form of Australian contingent represented <laughs> in the final. Um, but what what do you look forward to next? What's next on your list of what you want to tick off in terms of the sports broadcast? Uh, well, actually, Mitch, the first thing I was looking to tick off off the back of the World Cup was having a job. So <laughs> I came out of Japan, like, really bouncy, and I was like, shit, what am I going to do now? I actually don't have any uh, rugby to get back into. And then luckily the shoot shield rolled around, and I was able to sink into that with Channel 7 uh, last year, and that was – and Rugby Australia obviously have a – big hand on that front as well. So that was really good fun getting back to Shoot Shield. I loved it. I loved every second of that. And then towards the back end of 2020 when Nine and Stan both got the rights, I was like, okay, this could be this could be a nice swing in a different direction. And then that was it. I mean, it's funny how things sort of ebb and flow in this game. You really have to enjoy it while you can because you never know long it's going to last so mate i'm day-to-day week-to-week now just loving every second i know it's such a it's such a cliched way to uh, respond to it but really how i feel about it i feel very lucky to be in that position and that's just something that really is obvious amongst the whole broadcasting team of how much everybody seems to be enjoying super rugby au and enjoying this new level of kind of camaraderie amongst the team so is for you with this role is there a particular element that you're just absolutely loving and enjoying so much you know and it's being back on the road and it's being around people the whole covid rubbish of 2020 uh, especially the early part it it really knocked me around in that I like to think that I'm an extroverted person who thrives off being around other people uh, on a, in a work sense and then obviously uh, just socially too. To have that all stripped away was really tricky. So mm. just being around people, mate, and 
out of ground and seeing people, you know, getting into it and revving up and enjoying it and and there's that sense of togetherness as well. It was it was so tough for so many in 2020 and obviously many, many did it hard, a lot harder than I did. But uh, to see that turn now is probably something that I'm enjoying more than anything that we can come back to the stadium inside a commentary box alongside one another and deliver in what game that we all love. Yep, 100%. And I think, like I said, it's palpable. The the enjoyment and the energy the team are having really easy for us to be picking up on. And, I mean, some people, I've actually heard some, I don't know, I feel like some people just put the negative on 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 a story just because they're a bit Debbie Downers or something like that. But some people are saying it's too positive. We're having too much fun. And how good is that narrative from where things were at in Australian rugby about 12 months ago? Yeah, no, it really is. And this, I think this is one of the things, Ando, that rugby league do so well and rugby league yep. do so well yep. through their commentary is there's never, ever a bad game of rugby league. And I love that. I love that that's their predisposition before a ball's being kicked, that it's the greatest game and everything's sweet when there's no dramas and so let's get into it and enjoy, you know, 80 minutes of footy. So that's kind of being echoed a bit in rugby now. And there'll obviously be the moments where Tars are going badly, someone gets chopped, there's going to be hard discussions around that or eventually something's going to happen off-field and there's going to be hard conversations around that. But inside those 80 minutes, I think you should just be happy to be there and you should be able to focus primarily on the things that are good about the game. And it's really, yeah, as Andy said before, it's really noticeable as fans that everyone in the team is pushing in the same direction. And that was something that um, Swaney said when we spoke to him earlier in the season, that everyone has really come in together, quite fresh, different backgrounds, but they're all pushing in the same direction. And Mm. that was something that he was really looking forward to for this season that again, I guess rugby is moving in a new direction, but everyone's also on that, on that same line. So now that we're sort of halfway through the season, I guess us as fans can also say we're really enjoying the product that Stan Sport is really putting out week to week. Um, and it looks like you guys are enjoying it as well um, on the screens that we're watching. Oh, it made it is. It's, it, it really is just so much fun. Uh, and it's, and it's actually it's a good point you made that Swain is a nice reference point around that because you guys did catch him before the season and we had no idea how it was all going to come together. I was going to be commentating <laughs> yep. with people that he didn't, that I hadn't commentated with before as a trio. Same for Swaney, Nick Hosting had never worked with Alana or had Czech on set as a co-panelist. Yeah. So these things take a little bit of time to develop that chemistry, especially probably more than anything uh, in the call because you have to read each other so well sometimes without even being able to speak with one another. Uh, to have them come together in that shorter amount of time has been really, really great to see. I think what we might do is shift across to a few of the listener questions now. Now, we put out on our social media before the interview that we were going to be having a chat with you and we've had the questions pouring in and we've selected a few of them. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start with Hugh Tyndall over on Twitter. And he asks, what's the best yarn of the year so far for the Stan Sports crew? There must have been some behind the scenes hilarity or close calls with disaster that we don't get to see. Can I just say, I've got, to, I've got to say off the top, fellas, there are a core group of blokes and girls on Twitter who are just awesome. Hugh's one of them. Yes, so you see these recurring names that pop up, and it's the same as the guys, uh, like you guys are flying the flag now, the green and gold, Roby guys have been doing it for a long time. So these are all 
people that I'm very well aware of uh, in that space because they love the game like I do. Um, they're positive. If something, if they want to see change, they're able to deliver it or ask it in a way that will likely bring a result rather than yep. have someone get upset about it. So that's that's the first thing I wanted to tick off. Uh, <laughs> secondly, to answer his <laughs> question, uh, I'll give you some insight into the guests that you had earlier this year in a Swaney. Swaney's known by pretty much all land uh, as rugby Flanders. So <laughs> there is, there is never, never anything a drama. Like it's always, you know, we'll get him next time. That's that's the attitude. And it's always been him. It's so it's so great to see that he was <laughs> he was calling the Western Force Rebels game earlier this year. And I'd seen the score. I think halftime was seven zip, and then you know ten seven. Look, not the greatest game. Let's be honest, not the yep. greatest game. Yep. But Swaney's calling it with Drew and Justin Harrison, and then the lights went out. And I said to <laughs> I said to Morgs, so I said to Morgs, I said, I bet you Swaney finds a way to reshape this in full on Flanders style. Anyway, I was sitting there on the Tuesday, um, and our boss goes around the table and says, you know, who had some who had something good they want to highlight from the weekend. And Swaney goes, um, yeah, guys, like I know uh, I know the lights were out for like 15 minutes and um, <laughs> we had to fill and couldn't really see the players or anything. But, geez, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? I was like, are you kidding me, Swaney? Are you kidding me, Flanders? Message Morg straight away and he couldn't believe it. So uh, there's, there's, some real, there's some real love for the game from Andrew Swain and it just – Cannot break him. It's awesome. Mate, one of the things that we're particularly loving, aside from hearing that little bit of insight, is also what the kind of female representation is bringing to the Stan Sport broadcast team. Both Ros Kelly and Alana Ferguson are absolutely killing it in their respective roles. Like the tactical analysis that Alana is bringing is top notch and just so, so insightful yet able to be communicated in a way that your average punter like myself can really understand and feel like I now know something more about the game. And Roz just continues to be the consummate professional who is communicating with clarity and just bringing everybody onto the same page as well. Loving what both of them are bringing. Yeah, no, they're awesome. I mean, um, I'll, I'll take that as a statement and I'll echo it as well. They're, they're going so well. I don't think it was ever going to be an issue for either of them stepping into that space either. Uh, obviously, Roz doesn't come from a strong rugby background. Alana has played for Australia, so she she knows the ins and outs, the X's and O's really well. But that's the beauty of, I think, rugby broadcast is that if someone is new to it, the team drag them in and say, what do you need? What do you, what do you want to hand with? How can we get you where you want to go? And uh, off we head. So Roz has been awesome. She's, I mean, she's, she's a true pro. She really is. And as you say, Alana's ability to deliver um, technical insights in a way mm. that everyone can understand is just so impressive. Yeah, and I think the best thing I, I like the most that Roz is able to hold her own against the boys and give it back to some of the guys, particularly around that touch screen. She oh, gets yeah. very feisty around that touch screen. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're all good. They're all they're well and truly uh, able to handle themselves. Awesome. Well, our next question comes to us from John Corbett, and he asks, uh, "What would 
would he would love to know what your thoughts, Sean, are around the ideal formats for the rugby championship and super rugby moving forward. Could we do more to link with professional growth in other markets like the MLR and the top 14, similar to a Heineken Cup style competition? Uh, I like that idea. I hadn't, to be to be honest, uh, John, I hadn't considered uh, what it would look like with cross-nation headline teams playing against one another. Not to say that I wouldn't love to see it. I mean, imagine seeing the Crusaders, uh, Brumbies or Reds, uh, take on against, go up against, you know, the, the best team in the premiership in the UK. But the problem around that is obviously the alignment of the international calendars. So, to swing it back one step, maybe a, a potential better alignment throughout our year. So we look after ourselves first um, to maximise the performance of the Wallabies. Uh, that's kind of where I would lean in that front. But I would, John, I would love, I would love to see some of those potential matchups. It'd be so good. I mean, Wouldn't I'm just it? thinking Super Rugby, Heineken Cup, or where you, yeah. where you have competitions with um, the Japanese teams yeah, as well. Sure. It's like a couple from the Australian, a couple from New Zealand, a couple of top finishers from the Japanese competition. Get them all together into this playoff. That would just be incredible. The yeah, Heineken no. Cup is such an institution in Europe. I'd love to see something that we could do on a Pacific level too. It would be, uh, it would be epic. It really would. I, I guess that's the other thing I'm so excited about is that announcement from World Rugby that we're going to have those two Pacifica teams join yep. uh, in 2022 as well. That's going to be, that's going to be unreal. Yeah, very excited. Well, Gold Digger um, is moving us across into questions about Lou Ransom, your co-host from the Aussie Rugby Show. Um, now, is Lou Ransom going to be a part of any rugby coverage this year? Her, Drew and Sean were a great combo with Hoylesey, who's now tanning himself in California these days. He's, I mean, Gold Digger's spot on. Honestly, I reckon the three of us could potentially coach that LA Gilletini's team and still have <laughs> similar results. Have you guys? I watched some of it the other day on the Rugby Network. They played against the defending champions, Seattle Seawolves, and it was like 26 to zip after 12 minutes. And I met Flick Halsey off the night and I said, Mate, come on. This is- oh, settle down, mate. Settle down. This isn't very fair. <laughs> And then Adam Ashley Cooper ran through and charged down for a try. There were Wallabies playing that I didn't even know were still playing. It was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, so uh, Gold Digger, Horsey's loving it over there and doing a great job with DC, with Darren Coleman. Um, Lou, I would suggest just reaching out directly to Lou and asking what's going on. She can be seen uh, weekends on ABC Sport, does heaps with the ABC as well. So Lou's still very much involved in sport as far as how much he's going to be doing with rugby coverage this year i'm not sure i would just say reach out direct she's the probably one of the world's nicest human beings lou ransom i think she has to be to put up with the crap that you guys gave her yeah. in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> she's an absolute uh, she's an absolute ripper well that uh similar kind of theme another question from hugh he he asks what can we expect from shoot shield and hospital cup coverage this year starting this weekend can't just be Swanee and Sean commentating all of them. There are a lot of games that are now stacking themselves up in the Stan Sport mm. um, preview. So, yeah, how's it going to look if you can sort of divulge a little bit? Uh, no, I, I think I can. I think I can cool. give you guys some insight into it. It's going to be a two-camera shoot for some games, three cameras for others. There's a list of commentators that will look after the shoot shield that hasn't yet been unveiled, but 
it's it's the guys that I think are doing it, and I, I can't get ahead of myself on this one because I actually haven't seen the list in black and white just yet. But if it is the people um, calling that they've got listed, then it's going to be in very very good hands. I'll say that. Uh, I think the Double Take crew are looking after the Hospital Cup up in Brisbane, and they'll have their own callers lined up as well. So that's the plan, guys. So two cameras potentially on some three and then voices to all of them which is obviously the most key thing it just transforms the delivery of a game with uh, a decent commentator going along with it too so i'm pumped for it fellas you know how much i love my club rugby and to see that much rolling out concurrently is just insane yeah and who are you putting your money behind this year yeah good oh, it's, i don't know which way it's going to go i've watched gordon quite closely yeah. that club championship game and they're forward pack they're i mean they're a pack of monsters so uh they and i really like how physical they were they will be tough to roll again this year i think east might go one or two better than last year they kind of slipped in that game against uh it was eastwood where they where they got it wrong in the wet yeah such a blur i think that's right um and then uh, obviously i've got to tip my my two former, <laughs> former clubs mainly moringa they'll be there somewhere <laughs> no, I love the parochialism there. Absolutely fair enough. Uh, any any quick thoughts or input on the hospital cup? Who you think is going to take no, that one? Out? Do, do you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't do it the disservice because I don't actually I don't actually get a chance to keep an eye across that as well. It's mm. not something I've ever yeah, really been able to be dialed into because I've been pulled this way and that. But this year, given that it's going to be broadcast, I'll be able to. Uh, Keep an eye on it. Who I was told that West should be having a good year. Who was I speaking to the other day? Um, I can't remember. Someone suggested that West. It was someone that was in the notes suggested West might go quite well this year in the Hospital Cup as well. But they're really tight, aren't they? With um, Union Queensland Brothers East yep. Sunnybank. That's a very uh, very tight comp. That one up there. And how gutsy was that win by East the other week? Yeah, that was... mapped it right on full time. Didn't they what? Uh, the finish made up for a pretty tough afternoon's journey, yeah. to be honest, ahead of that. But, <laughs> I mean, that was that's what you dream of. Like if you're uh, the pills man who knocked over the winning <laughs> goal in front of all those blokes going berserk right on the sideline. I mean, that's... The what, Sandals boy. That Birkenstock boy was... Birkenstock, it. that's it. <laughs> um, I'm, all, uh, I'm all for it. Like it was just... It was... A great afternoon in the end. It didn't matter that the previous 78 minutes had been a little drop ball and that kind of thing. The finish was uh, excellent. But as everyone else has said in the aftermath of that one, they should be playing that game a week after the GF in yep. Brisbane. And yeah. so you've got the two best teams doing their thing and uh, maybe put a little bit of prize money on the line for the winning club as well. Yeah, and I think that that would be a great kind of innovation for this year. I mean, because you look at Darren Coleman, half the Gordon team are overplaying with a yeah, team. Yeah, no, so no. it's not even the team that won it last year is playing no. again. No, it's a, it's a really good point. So, uh, and similarly, like imagine if you had Siru Uru playing as well the other day. Yeah. So and Ben Moam, Ben Moam, well. keep yeah. Momo around for another run. So yeah. that would uh, that would be the ideal result. Hopefully, they can iron that out for twenty twenty one. Well, mate, we might shift across to what we've kind of titled Constructive Conversations. <laughs> so these are some things about the Stan Sports coverage that we wanted to ask. Now, I recognise that some of these you may not be able to provide detail with, so please feel free to obfuscate and just talk around it if required. But out of 10, how would you rate the broadcasts that you guys have put together at this point in time? And what areas do you think you're particularly nailing? And are there any areas you think that you could be improving in? Out of 10, probably we're looking at around 78. That's plus 78. 
Yeah, yeah, good. Okay. Uh, good. That would be my initial thoughts on the uh, the broadcast so far. Seven hundred eighty increase. Yep, good. <laughs> I can, uh, man. I can only, I can only uh, sort of give you guys insight around what we do continually to try and keep things fresh or challenge each other in terms of how we're broadcasting and that kind of thing. And that's entirely across the board as well. So it's the feedback amongst ourselves is constant. There's no one ever looking just to sink into a template driven style of coverage. We're always trying to freshen it up. Yep. I hear that. Now, this is one of my things that I've been really keen to see evolve and change. I don't know if you will a question anyway sure. about spider cam sure. now i love my spider cam i particularly love cam over scrums where mm-hmm. you can see taniello tupo angle in nearly every single time <laughs> um it's great Why don't to you see say that to his face uh, i spoke to. to him at we did speak to him the other day <laughs> we did speak to him and i did not raise that because uh-huh. i was trying to get him onto the pod he but anyway rush you um, <laughs> with his right pinky he would and i don't know if I'd be okay. I think I'd be okay with that. Just to have the story that Tony or two, but that's okay. Um, anyway, anyway, my point was that um, Spidercam is fantastic and it can be used. I'm just wondering, is there any opportunity for the use of it to shift a little bit just from what is currently with the top-down views of the scrums or yep. tracking a kick when it's being taken from a convertible? be potentially used to follow a backline play as it unfolds or any, any anything innovative within that space that might be coming? I know that there were a couple of shots taken in the Reds-Rebels game where there was tracking from behind the rut following the Reds up the park running left to right. Uh, obviously, it's not on every game and it's at the director's discretion as well. And there's just so much that goes into those broadcasts as well in terms of the numbers that have been thrown out. Now, sometimes it works. Sometimes, I'm not saying sometimes uh, Spidercam works and doesn't work. Um, how, would I, how would I describe it? How would I uh, explain it to you, uh, to you, fella, is that it's director wants to use it and I would back our team of directors 100 collect the right shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying within that. Now, my final thing about that, can you just confirm, because I had an about this it can only be used in stadiums that have roofs correct because it needs to have the um latching on yes. points for it to be coming down yes. yeah cool all right take that that's, people. I I was think that's why we didn't have it we didn't have it somewhere where did we not have it there was one game that we couldn't didn't have it because we couldn't have it um Earth? but i'm pretty sure we'll have it rolling for reds brumbies this week yeah it'll be at some what, what do you guys there. make of the cine cam edition this year do, do you as viewers get as excited about that as me as someone who's had many years in tv has mitch yeah i like it it's a new addition it's it's cool to be able to get into those sort of celebrations after a try Mm. um i think the first few weeks it was a little difficult there was it seemed like there was some um uh focusing issues with the cameraman that they with players coming in and that kind of thing that it went a little bit out of focus but they've seen they've done well they've seemed to got rid of that in the last few weeks so yeah i'm loving it yeah, I particularly enjoy it as well because it just said it, it brings you into those moments. And I think that kind of speaks to a little bit of what Swaney was saying at the start of the year, how he wanted there to be this element within a production of a narrative or a storyline that's being constructed within a game and to bring the audience in the game. And I feel like the sitting cam is an important part of that because it just takes away that distance that the regular cameras have and make you feel as the punter that you are there in the mm. moment with the players. No, I'm, I'm a massive fan of it. I, I 
cannot get enough of the old Cine. All right, Mitch, shifting across. Um, if we shift to you, Sean, as a rugby fan, not necessarily as a stand sports employee, imagine that you have the capacity to wave a magic wand and put in place changes to improve Australian rugby. What would those changes be? Okay. Uh, I would have less focus on, I'm guessing this is just uh, play related. I have less focus on academies. So I'd have more focus on a streamline from the beginning of the year to the end where it culminates in Wallabies at the end of the season. And that's our entire focus. And every single player that's playing for Australia has either earned their way through from week one of club rugby all the way through. Uh, so that would be one of the first things. I like the idea of kids earning their stripes a little mm-hmm. bit more rather than yeah. uh, how, rather than just being thrust in basically yep. at a yep. super rugby level because there's no way that they can get that grounding, I don't yeah. think, mm-hmm. outside of playing against established men week in, week out in either a club or Colts format as well. Uh, so I'd like to see that. And that would, I mean, that's, that would be it from a rugby side of things. We can wave our magic wand repeatedly and you know, look for more money and all that sort of stuff. But uh, one that can be fixed is what I just touched on, and that's the, yep. the alignment from bottom to top where we're all focused on seeing the Wallabies beat the All Blacks. And if there's anything you could do to change, I guess, the game of rugby, how it currently looks, what changes do you think might be good to see? Maybe to bring back some of those fans that have been loyal in the past, but have just sort of got disengaged over the last few years. I think we're making some good steps. I really yeah, do. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I look at, and, and this is the, the thing that we can sometimes get swept up in. I'm a, a nerd when it comes to ball in play. So that's a huge frustration or has been a mining years previous of how slow it can be around scrums. You guys, I mean, I'm not going to change the record. You know what I'm talking about in terms of some of the slowness on occasion and how games seem to disappear without any ball being actually played. But there was a really interesting, really interesting stat around this year. It might have been, it was, it was a Brumbies, whoever played against whoever, the same weekend as the Brumbies played the Reds in that 40 to 38 thriller, which was just insane. I mean, that game went past in the blink of it. Was I think plus. that was the Tars and the Force. It was. You're right, mate. It was Tars and the Force. And that match had more. That's right. It was out at Banquets. That yeah. match had more ball in play by like a considerable margin yeah. than the game the next night, which goes to show you like it doesn't. It, it's not always uh, ball in play. It's quality of ball in play mm. that we should all be looking for. And I reckon the teams are really now starting to get that headed in the right direction as well. So the rule changes, I think, are helping as well a lot. And that the referees are really hard. The Aussie refs this year have been so good driving to a point of fatigue so that we see yep. games open up late, which we've mm-hmm. seen time and time again or get close again. And they've been they've been instrumental in making that happen as well. So I reckon for the moment saying we rest on it at all, that's certainly not what I'm saying. But I think the mix and the balance we have at the moment isn't too far off. I reckon we're getting pretty close to having it where it needs to be. And guys, like I think every single weekend, going back to week one, one of the two games, and on some occasions both games of a weekend have gone down to the final play of the match. Like you can't ask much more than that 
You've called a fair bit of sevens in your time. There's an idea that I've been thinking about the last few weeks around a change we could make around the laws. Mm. What do you think about the option of not full arm penalties, but short arms from scrums, scrum infringements, similar to what they do in sevens? So every scrum just ends with a... Yeah, so set the scrum if it goes down. Short arm to the uh, the team putting it in, play on. Chances, if- chances are teams will just pack a scrum again, though, won't they? Like if you're inside the 22 and you're on attack and you get given one of those free kicks, you just would go another scrum. Would I don't yeah, know? Yeah, I mean you-, you could, you could to tactic. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I mean yes, I mean I'm all for speeding up the pace of the game, but then. I don't know. I, I don't know about that one because it might. It's not going to devalue the scrum. It would obviously pick the pace of the game up. But uh, yeah, interesting one. Yeah, That's no, it is an one. interesting one. It He's is planted a I seed need, right there, hasn't he? Yeah, I need. I need some more time <laughs> to think about that one. We might get Taniela Tupu out in the wider channels a bit more often. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm sure that's what everyone wants to see from these opposing teams. <laughs> I'm sure that's he wants to see so he can have more chances to redeem himself after that swan dive on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. What about it? <laughs> it was great. It was great, Nella. Well done. Do it again, yes, buddy. Yes. <laughs> well, um, mate, I think we have taken enough of your time. So I'm just going to start to wrap things up there. And firstly, to say you've been both a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you so much for coming on a pod and being so generous with your time. That's all right. What happened with before you go? What happened with the whole flood situation? Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, out here in the west of Sydney, bit dicey for a little while area around the house started to flood so we got told we had to evacuate the last minute so um yeah everything's fine now though back back uh, back in and everything's recited so we didn't end up getting any damage which was good um, sandbags down yeah we, we weren't too much affected from the actual flood it was more the prospect of getting trapped in our suburb and not being able to get out or losing power and and being stuck for a few days so a little bit touch and go there for a while but we're all good now as long as you just kind of have the Wi-Fi going out, that would be really. Oh well, that's it. No more rugby then. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, thank you again so much for your time. Uh, which games are you calling this weekend? Uh, Swaney's got Friday night, so Swaney's going to head down to Melbourne and do Rebels oh, v. Oh, you've got Reds oh. Brumbies, which is the battle oh. for. <laughs> that's that's basically the battle for third spot, isn't it? Rebels v. Force. Yep. This Friday yep. night, yep. and then yeah, man, oh man, I hope we get a repeat of that last time the Brumbies and Reds played against oh, each other because be that was one of the best Super Rugby games I can ever remember seeing. And yep. if they do it in Brisbane. I'd imagine that by the time the final comes around and those two teams, if they do uh, go at it again, they could have a massive crowd on hand to watch because that was exhilarating. I'm going to put you on the right, spot, Sean. So Who are you backing for the, for the there title we go. this year? Yep. Yep. Uh, for the titles? For the title. Uh, do you know what? They're now the underdogs, I think, for the title, so I'll go the Brumbies. I'll, oh. go, for an, I'll go for the underdog. Okay. I think... I think uh, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll do me. I'll, I'll just have a swing with the underdogs. And who's going to crawl, crawl their way into that third place uh, playoff? Do you reckon it's going to be the Rebels or the Force? I guess a lot will depend on the fitness of those Force guys like Kahui, Thrush and Carney because mm-hmm. we saw how much of an impact it made when they fell out for that game against the Brumbies without that experience it looked a little shaky so if they're all fit it'll be uh it'll be a tight run thing for that third spot but i would suggest that the rebels might just 
be able to nose their way in there. Wonderful. Well, with those bold predictions, thank you so much for your time. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful evening. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Shawnee.